The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hey, hello, everybody. And it is just a thrill and an honor and a privilege today. And I'm sorry, I'm on a lot of cold medicine. So if I start to stutter... (laughs) (laughs) or have a grand mall. It's just because I took a lot of cold medicine. But we have the fabulous Tracy Swidlow on the show today. And Tracy Swidlow is the TV TV of tomorrow executive. That's right, audience. Give us a hand for Tracy Swidlow. (laughs) Tracy is the co-founder and CEO of Tomorrow Corp. And Tomorrow Corp manages the interactive TV Today newsletter and site, which is literally the go-to publication for housing the latest information on the future of television, from new tech to new business models to audience behaviors to just new companies that are really changing the whole business model. And Tracy's been at this a long time, and she's so well-respected. Yeah, (laughs) but very young. She's very well-respected. She also runs my annual show called the TV of Tomorrow Show, which is really a coveted event for anyone who wants to understand what's happening in in the future of content. So it's just a, a, a real honor for me to introduce, ladies and gentlemen, very long introduction, but well-meaning, Tracy <laughs> Swidlow. Yay! Swidlow, yay! It's an, it's an honor and a privilege to be associated with you, H. Lori <laughs> H. Schwartz. What does H stand for? Well, I, um, it depends how the show goes, and I'll tell you. Okay. <laughs> Let's just say that if you were raised... In New York, on Long Island, with the name Lori Schwartz, that you would add anything else to it to distinguish yourself from the other Lori Schwartzes, including the evil Laura Schwartz, who was in my high school um, and caused a lot of um, problems at home. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had some of those. So, um, yeah, when you have that kind of name that you got to do what you can. So, Tracy, I want to hear, like, how did this, your journey began? Because, truthfully, you really are someone who has been the driver of creating community around interactive television and, and now what we're calling the future of content because TV has kind of lost its, its meaning. Um, so how did this all begin? How did you launch the ITVT site newsletter and then TV of tomorrow show? Cause I know it's had different iterations, but give us a sense of your background. Well, uh, how far back do you want me to go? Um, well, not, not too far back because we only have an hour. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you know, I started the publication in 1998 and that's just because here in San Francisco, because, uh, nobody else was covering interactive TV as a topic and I wanted to know about it. And I thought, well, you know, if, if uh, if I want to continue to keep myself employed, I might as well become an expert on something. And if you if you start something, then it all comes to you, right? So I I started it because I had found a group of people who were post 
uh, AOL TV engineers here in town. It's a long story how it was very serendipitous. And they wanted to build a chip or do something for, with interactive TV. And I said, well, you know, in the meanwhile, I'll, I'm going to start a newsletter. Right, and so that's why I started it, and it, it was just like a, a bunch of wacky guys who d- we didn't, you know, nobody quite knew what they were doing, and then, you know, that's it. That's how it started, and then TVOT came out of that. Uh, our first year was two thousand seven. Uh, ITVT started in nineteen ninety eight. And um, TVOT, I started, I did many events and smaller things, you know, like we did a schmooze fest at um, Liberate, remember Liberate down, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. down the valley. And we did a schmooze fest at KQED when they first opened their digital studios, you know, a PBS uh, station, KQED. We did a schmooze fest um, in an evening once at, uh, at uh, vo- what's it called, like a Volcano Sushi or something, you know, I mean, where there's a lot of rock and roll. I mean, we, we tried all kinds of unusual ways to get the community together. And then I decided, you know, the hell with this, I'm going to produce my own show. And the, strangely enough, TVOT 2007 was also the first, was the year I was pregnant with my daughter, Hannah. Uh. And nobody knew I was pregnant at the time. So talk about stress. Talk about stress when you're pregnant, putting on your first show. You don't know if it's going to succeed or fail or collapse or, you know, explode, and you're pregnant. But it all worked out. We had a, <laughs> we had a great time. Well, and Tracy and I are always comparing notes about uh, being moms uh, because I think Hannah is a year older than, than my daughter, Sadie, so we're always um, sharing insights about it. But but what what's so unique about what you do is a lot of people write and publish about the television industry or about advertising or about technology, but you manage to really triangulate all of the pieces of the ecosystem, both within the publication and, and especially at the show. And so I'm wondering, how do you continuously connect all those dots together? Like, do you have a process for it? Um, do you have a sixth sense about, you know, who to talk to? Like, how do you um, make sure all the pieces are there? Well, thanks for asking that question. I mean, before I answer that, you know, when before we started ITVT or TVT, you know, everybody was doing a newsletter or a website or an event that was very um, oriented towards one technology platform, right? Uh, mobile or cable or whatever it was. And I just thought that television, and I'd been thinking about um, interactive digital television since the early 90s, which um, you didn't ask me about about all of that because I, yeah. I got involved in the whole VR industry when it first started in the early 90s cause I, and in interactive TV soon after that. But... Uh, you know, we I, we felt that, or I felt that uh, all of these things would be integrated, that a variety of different market segments needed to participate. And so we built ITVT and the conference itself on the idea of multi-platform and interactive TV. And I think I, think I was the first person to buy a domain name that said multi-platform, I swear. I still own it, multiplatformnews.com. But... You know, um, that's exactly what it evolved into. Uh, it just seemed like an obvious to me. And I, I'm the kind of person that likes, the, you know, to imagine the future, you know, science fiction, stuff like that. And so uh, that's what happened. We, we built it around that idea that all of these things would be necessary. Yeah, it's just so smart because I think when people leave your show, there's a satisfaction to it because uh, because you have all those pieces together. Um, and, and when you're um, 
when you're talking to a new company, a new tech company, or I'm sure a lot of them reach out to you now, do you feel like you just know who's real and who isn't? Like, do you have a sixth sense about it now? Well, we we have a long hist- you know, a memory now, right? I've been covering new media since the early 90s. So I've got, an, an, in San Francisco, so I've got not only this sort of historical perspective of where the VR industry started, because I was part of that universe, uh, to, you know, all the stuff in between, the stuff that failed, the t-commerce applications and companies that came and went. And so we have a real historical context to know, you know, who who is this company, where they came from, who's smart, where has someone gone, you know, what companies have they worked at in the past, and who has been, uh, you know, who has survived. So when I meet a company, I can, and plus I worked in, in you know, publications, other publications in between in the 90s. So I, I get a, I think I have a pretty good sense these days of who is um, going to spin out, who's going to burn. And what has longevity. And most importantly, the thing that I'm really always interested in is who's the most innovative, who's pushing things. That's the thing that I'm always excited about. So has there, you know, when, when your show first launched, or at least when I started going to it regularly, um, and I always feel bad if I can't make it. Because it, it really does. <laughs> it really does set the stage for you for understanding what's going on. But it was very focused on the cable world and on um, the multi-service operators and on how they were going to, you know, finally get interactive television going. Um, do you think that they're still playing a big role in this universe that we're in? But first, uh, before I answer that, I'm going to say you're a great moderator. You're a great speaker. We love having you there. You're Stop. You're a great wrangler of speakers and people. People um, respect what you have to say, so we always appreciate your participation. Anyway, you. uh, we definitely focused a lot on what the MSOs were doing because they're the ones with the money and all of the companies, you know, those are their clients. But it's interesting. That client base has diminished, right? There's a lot of mergers. And so a whole new set of uh, companies have emerged to say, we're in a position to buy content. We're in a position to buy, um, you know, marketing software, software platforms, um, you know, uh, technology, whatever it is. And so I would say that they are playing catch up right now. I, you know, and, and they're not as critical anymore to the face of, executives who come to our event are are the base of our executives include a lot of broadcasters a lot of content producers the agencies you know these are the people with money who are able now to really explore all new all kinds of new ideas across all kinds of platforms the the industry has democratized so it's a it's a complicated playing field it's not just the top you know five or six mso's God, I love, I love, that's such a great way to, to express um, what's happening. And that's the thing that I always, again, find refreshing. A good conference sort of sets the tone for what's happening in the business. And I remember a couple of years ago, all of a sudden, your sponsors and a lot of the, um, the, the panels were focused on connected TV and over the top before anyone was really talking about those platforms as viable businesses, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and so we're, we're about to take a break, but when we come back, I would love to, to, you know, get from you a crystal ball of, you know, how you come to understand really what is going to, to bubble up, you know, um, and maybe some hints of, um, 
your show to come um, in San Francisco this year and a little bit about um, your show in December, which, of course, had rave, rave reviews. So we're going to be back in a moment right. with the fabulous Tracy Swedlow. Fabulous. Who, who <laughs> fabulous, who I'm calling the TV of Tomorrow executive because she really is um, has her hands on the pulse of the television industry. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back with Tracy Swidlow. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Do you find yourself working tirelessly to keep your business going? Are you finding out that you don't have time for family, friends, any kind of personal life whatsoever? It's time to stop feeling trapped by your business. Tune in to Reclaim Your Freedom with host Shirley Dalton. You'll hear from guests that will help you work on your business instead of constantly in your business and get your life back while the business keeps running and humming. Reclaim Your Freedom airs live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. All right, and we're back with the fabulous Tracy Swedlow. <laughs> I've known Tracy for so long, and I always botch her last name. I don't. You know, I, the, I have an original. My my name was something before it was Swedlow, though. What was it? Swedlov. Oh, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. So you have some. What is it? Um, Norwegian or Russian? Russian. Rush, Russian. Russian. Of the. I I have a. My relative, Yakov Sverdlov, was the right-hand man of Lenin, and the, uh, he was like the CEO of, you know, like he, he implemented Lenin's policy, so a hardcore Bolshevik. Oh, wow. All right. Well, that's yeah. a whole nother radio show. But, <laughs> but my, my family escaped Russia and came to New York. Oh, you that's know? great. We all escaped from somewhere, I think. Um, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was a hardcore guy. Well, getting back to, to just getting into the, uh, the depths of the, the TV biz. So you, you had a TV of Tomorrow show in December, and I'm wondering if you could share with us what, what some of the trends were that bubbled up from, from that show. Well, besides the fact that we, of course, cover 
OTT, over the top, you know, connected TV, uh, offerings from, you know, advertising, the content, discovery, interface development, um, what the, you know, did I say advertising? I mean, you know, all those issues. And of course, we cover what are the millennials doing? What do they want? What are the plurals doing, right? The teenagers. Uh, but we also were... And we also cover programmatic advertising, and uh, we did a VR session with your friend Brian. That's right. Seth Hurst. Um, and I actually should have read the list of all, all of the things that we did. But one of the topics that I think that we were very interested in was live streaming. So live television, which has been bubbling back up to uh, importance uh, during the connected TV revolution, uh, because people were able to sort of trigger through a connected TV offering or through a mobile platform offering that your live television show was available. And I know, for example, um, Jeremy Toman, uh, you know, was uh, doing well with that. That's a long story about that. But live television has come back. It's like the 1950s is revisiting us again, and it's gained a lot of prominence. And so uh, we, we had three, I think, sessions focusing on the live streaming efforts of, of new platforms, uh, um, B2C as well as B2B platforms. We had various executives and CEOs. Um, we had the CEO of YouNow, which is a competitive platform to Periscope, uh, headed up by Adi Seidman. And he, he uh, provided a lot of news. And we talked about content and technology and commerce and all those kinds of things. Commerce is very important to us at, at TVOT, how to make direct um, return on investment. And then we also had a lot of uh, Periscope and YouNow stars, and uh, people talked about their direct experience with their viewers. So. So when, when yeah, well, I was going to say uh, there's so much to dive into there. So when, let's talk about Periscope and the role of influencers because, um, <clears throat> you know, I think that that is a key factor in behavior right now, and it's hard mm-hmm. to get it's hard to get television executives to think about that. So what was the impact of having an influencer-based panel? Um, do you think that that uh, TV executives now are starting to understand the value of these short-form influencer-driven video platforms? The smart executives were, were got it. Yeah. You know, the ones who are innovators, the ones who, who are senior enough because they have a lot of experience to know what's good, what's not, what's working, what they can do with with a new thing like an influencer, those people got it. And uh, but there are a lot. There are several other executives who came up to me and said, "Wow, you know." Uh, I would say that uh, it, these were important stories for our community and understanding the role. Because I, I do find that when you talk about influencers, um, some executives roll their eyes because still digital is not rating the same budgets and the same, um, you know, revenue dollars that broadcast does. And so you, you always see the broadcast executives rolling their eyes. But the truth is there's a lot more going on than just the traditional ways that we talk about uh, about this business. Uh, I would say, yes, that, that broadcasters who, who need the millions of people to justify their budgets and to attract sponsors – are going to allow this important trend, in my opinion, roll right over them at, to the point where uh, they'll be way behind. So um, I think people who understand that there's a lot of passion behind these micro-viewer experiences 
and the community is very well connected. When they understand the power of that and they understand that community, I think they're going to they're going to change their mind. But the key thing and the complicated thing is how to integrate these people, how to understand all these new types of content that are coming out of these live streaming experiences. And there are many platforms that are emerging uh, to soak in the audiences that want this. It's not just Periscope. It's not just Meerkat. It's not just New Now. There are many of these things. And they all are, are competing with each other to offer, um, you know, uh, apps or, you know, technologies that support what they're trying to do. But the broadcasters who, who are starting to embrace these technologies, these platforms, these content communities, are, I think, very wise. Yeah, I think I, I totally agree. And I think it, it is, um, you know, almost a, I think maturity levels is the wrong word, but but a sophistication to expand their mind a, a little bit. Now, on the on the topic of over the top, um, was there anything new that was discussed at the show in that space? Um, any any um, announcements made or any anything that was really that blew you away? Over the top. Uh, I think it. It was. It really. Most of the comments were about you know uh, how do we integrate over the top. I mean, connected. The thing about connected TV over the top, right, is that to some extent it's um, they've come up with the ideas. It's a baked, you know, uh, set of technologies. You you know how to navigate uh, cards with the picture of the video or the channel or the app. I mean, the, you know, um, there are some new enhancements going on. Apple TV sales, for example, were really great this last quarter, right? We just heard that report. So people were embracing the fact that uh, it's working, but I still think that uh, they're very concerned. They don't quite know how to integrate all these other services. They're still building the business models, the build, well, how do we, what do we do with live streaming? What do we do with, with you know, the variety of different types of TV that want to come in through my app? And they're, they're still working all that stuff out. Yeah, it's it's so interesting because um, I I teach this class at um, Loyola on Monday nights, and um, the first night I always ask them what they're all watching because I love to hear what twenty one year olds are watching, mm-hmm. and they talked a lot about HBO. And the reason that they're all watching HBO is because Loyola provides it to them as part of um, being on an on campus student, which I think mm-hmm. is so brilliant for mm-hmm. H- HBO to make that deal. Um, and so their understanding of TV now is Netflix, Hulu, and HBO. Those were the three that kept coming up over and over again in that room of about 20 kids. Uh, well, a lot of these kids don't have regular TV, right? They're right. Cord Nevers, right? You, you talked about that with John on your last um, radio show. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, Cord Nevers is a very important category. And I think what's interesting is that a lot of people who embrace OTT are now saying, wait a minute, I can just look at my iPhone and watch live. I'm not even watching OTT. I mean, there's a, there's a sort of, uh, there's a lot of competition for eyeballs across the things that have just been introduced in the last few years, right? We think OTT, connected TV, all these kinds of things are still emerging and they are, but but video is bifurcating so aggressively that, and then, and then you've got the people who want to just watch VR. So all these young kids, there's a lot of competition for their attention. And <laughs> you just have to chase it really fast. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's a really great point. So have you seen then... This- and that's what we do every day, all day. That's right. our business. Yeah, that is chasing after it. Well, are, are you seeing then a big change in the attendees of the show because of these changes? 
you know, like are different people coming to the show now because oh. of the, of the, the space has changed so much? We um, proactively go out and find people that we think are very interesting that are doing innovative work. We proactively seek out the content developers and they actively seek out us. So at the last show in San Francisco last June, and we have another one coming up this June um, 7th and 8th to promote that, uh, we had a lot of content providers across every platform. So I would say content people are really looking forward to and looking towards our events and our publications to figuring out how to put all this together, right? Because, and I think it stems from um, way back during the writer's strike. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. In LA. And I think that was a breakthrough moment for the content community because they realized I can't just rely on the networks. I can't just sell my content. I've got to be, uh, control my brand, my story platform, you know, and they're, they're, they have, um, you know, embraced the idea of branching out across all platforms. They, it's almost like they, they loosened up the rules. And so we've got a lot of people who are trying to proactively figure out how to make their own alliances. And they need to educate themselves. And then they, what they find at our shows is they find people who are very smart in a condensed, you know, environment where they get um, a high quality experience and then they walk out the door. I, lo- I love that. I almost feel like you're, you know, I always say that the consumer electronics exhibitor floor is itself a trend. And so who attends your show, who's sponsoring it, and the curation of your panels is, is a trend too. So you're seeing a lot more content creators come because they want to understand what platform is their platform. Right? We also had a, lo- a lot of young people, people start coming in. Like I said, uh, we had... And young we don't people, always get technology people. We get a lot more agencies. And young people meaning like people new in their careers, um, young people like that? I'd say people in their 20s. I hate people in their 20s. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, we have a lot of executives who have been in this business for a long time, the veterans, of course. But our our demographics are early 20s to, you know, early 60s. It's It's... That's what it is. Well, that, that's actually really, really interesting that you would get uh, young executives coming to conference because also usually conferences tend to have senior executives because they can afford the expense of going to a trade show, um, you know, or they're, or they're senior enough for that. So it just shows you the value of what you're doing that companies are investing their young talent into wrapping, you know, their head around this, mm-hmm. this crazy space. And you always have – Tracy also has – interesting art at the show it's not just the show it's like there's always other crazy stuff going on so we're going to take a break in a moment but um when we come back i want to hear a little bit more about some of these trends but also what are some of the like your secrets to how you keep you know in the know because you just know so much about this space like you i are- call you laurie <laughs> <laughs> no, but you occasionally you, you know, really know you really know the inside. So we'll be back with the fabulous Tracy, my TV of tomorrow executive, who will fill us in with some insights about how she's keeping up with, you know, uh, this crazy world of television and what does television even mean anymore and with all these crazy platforms. So we'll be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune in to Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan and co-host Gisela Gonzalez. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel, and get Amplified. Effective leadership is what will propel the world, organizations, and businesses through a range of dynamic changes. How do you keep up with these changes, build skills, and lead effectively? Listen for Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. Maureen offers tools and engaging guests who are leaders in their field. With each week, you'll work on and improve your skills to lead with confidence and drive your organization's success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. And we're back with the fabulous Tracy Swedlow. 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 Well, now I wrote it down, Swedlow, and then I was like, "No, you're saying it wrong again." Um, uh, and we. Were, I am not Swedish. <laughs> well, we were talking about um, the show that she has coming up. When's When's the next show in San Francisco? June seventh and eighth. And June seventh and eighth. So I was trying to get some uh, secrets out of Tracy about what she's keeping track of, but we're going to hold on to that so that you you actually go to the show to learn these things. But I think what would... I have a lot of secrets. She has a lot of secrets. But what would be interesting to hear, Tracy, is where do you... What are you reading and, you know, how do you get your intel? How do you trend spot? You know, we're, we're all busy executives. What should we be doing? Obviously, reading your newsletter and attending your show, but what other ways are you keeping up with all of this? Well, I listen to the Tech Cat Show. <laughs> yes. Um, I, you know, I spend an enormous amount of time watching video while I'm working. You know, and I watch regular TV, you know, in front of, and, and I look at all the apps. I watch Apple TV. I, I do all those kinds of things. But we do an enormous amount of reading online. Uh, the various sources you could imagine, you know, Facebook, Twitter, and everywhere else. But I, I think... You know, and YouTube, I spend a lot of time watching stuff on YouTube. And what are you watching on YouTube? Are you watching, like, the top influencers? Are you just seeing what the, the, what the trending videos are? Uh, it sort of, it, it gets, I get in conversation with Richard, my secret weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we just take an interest 
in things uh, and and then we pursue them and call them. And I, of course, I also watch a lot of Periscope and these other live streaming platforms. So you're an, an avid consumer of all these different platforms so that you can spot talent and have an understanding of, of the ecosystem, which is, again, something I talk to the students about a lot and also to executives that I work with, that you need to be an anthropo- your own anthropologist in, in a sense. Um, and well, do I, you, go ahead. I also call people, of course, as a journalist, I have yeah. to call people. I do a lot of interviews online for our own radio show called Radio ITVT. Uh, but I also do a lot of offline interviews. Uh, interviews that we do in preparation for TVOT. I speak to an enormous amount of executives offline. Right. Then that's how you, that's how you, you, keep, uh, you keep in the know. Is there any new platforms that you've bought into the house? Like how do you consume broadcast television, if at all? I, you know, I have Comcast, but I don't really use it all that much. Mm-hmm. And they won't give us X1 over there, <laughs> X1 platform. <laughs> I, to be honest, I really love lo- using uh, Sling TV. Mm-hmm. Is it through your direct, uh, your dish or whichever one it's built into now, or, or how are you using it? It's on Roku. It's on Roku. Okay, great. And so you, I have an Apple TV. So Roku, Apple TV. Okay, great. I, you know, I, I use a lot of these platforms, but those are the two main ones and other than my phone and my PC. So, and and do you um was mobile and mobile content a big topic in December for you guys? Yes, very big. And and in what in what sense were people just saying okay the numbers everyone's watching their content on mobile or was there some actual um, discussions about how content has to change because of of viewing on these mobile devices? I think uh, because the audiences are growing so much on mobile that the the companies have to figure out how to de- develop content and distribute it to these platforms. In fact, I think just this week, was it this week? Uh, Discovery hired uh, a new executive to head up all their new online mobile content. And they're going to be developing a whole VR studio and original content. I have to, um, Suzanne Kolb. Okay. Yeah, she just got uh, digital Discovery Digital Network. So things like that is something that we would pay a lot of attention to. She's going to be doing, uh, she's going to be developing 70 web native brands and series, original digital development, for, and their new Discovery VR division. So things like that is something that we would pay a lot of attention to. And are you, um, are there periodicals where you're reading about those types of news things? Are you catching it in your Facebook feed, or are there specific things that you read? We spend an enormous amount of time reading you know, all the news for all of the companies that we track, companies we run into by accident, do keyword searches, we use Twitter, Facebook, we speak to a lot of people. I mean, it's really all over the place. Right, right. And the, the key thing is, is that, yeah, we just have to know what we're interested in. We, and I would say one thing about myself is that I, I love being open-minded to something serendipitous. I love the idea that people are doing interactive streams from, you know, uh, a theater or, you know, uh, digital signage or, uh, or, or augmented reality things floating in a, in a uh, you know, on a store somewhere or digital mirrors. Remember all those things that have been, that have come out in the past. And I, so I keep my eye open on a variety of different forms of television because I, that's the thing is I don't think that television is something that exists on your TV that's over a set-top box only. 
right? To me, the word television is an umbrella term that is any form of video that, you know, on any platform. I mean, television just means seeing at a distance. So it could be, you know, anywhere, floating, on your watch, wherever it is. <clears throat> I, I love the idea of floating and watching television. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think that's- I, I, You know, it's interesting. I saw, uh, speaking of which, because I think you asked me um, in, in, in your notes, uh, what did I see at CES? And, you know, transparent TVs. Really cool, right? What is that? Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, the thing about CS in general was um, that there was screens everywhere. So I don't even know what that means anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. There was literally like screens everywhere. Um, screens are going to be on buildings. Yeah. Screens are going to be, you know, um, they're already on all your appliances. I mean, screens are, uh, I, I think if in the future, not that you asked me this question, but no, that's I good. think in the future, screens will be projected somehow in midair you won't even need glasses and uh everybody will have this sort of system and you'll be able to move that screen anywhere in your house or anywhere you want to position it but that i don't know how far ahead of that is but i definitely think that's going to be the case uh here's another question for you i think this must happen to you a lot of someone that you maybe profile at the event where it it hasn't quite hit majorly yet and Mm -hmm. then and then a year later it goes a lot that, you, we do that a lot. Yeah, so who, who are some of the things that, what are some of the things that you kind of brought to people's attention that have now gone major? Well, I, um, we, I think we were the first conference to really uh, look at 3D TV as a subject. I mean, I know this seems obvious now, but um, we did that. We did, I mean, I've been covering VR for a long time, since the early 90s, so we brought that up many times. But one thing that we did a long time ago, uh, I still think is, is going to be important. It hasn't quite caught on yet, but to some extent, to some extent, uh, we were looking at second screen applications, and we've been looking at those for a million years, uh, in association with large screen projections. So in theaters, and I think we were one of we were the first event to really showcase projects that experimented with that. And after that, you know, Disney started launching things, and now you've got the launching of, you know big screen projections that wrap around, you know, Barco was doing all these wrap around screen experiences. I think, for example, you know, that movie, movie experiences in a 2D flat environment are going to go away. People are getting bigger and bigger screens in their homes. They want, they're willing to watch things at lower resolution, you know, so what are they going to look forward to in a movie theater? An experience. And so I think that, um, that, that idea that we pointed out many years ago, which was a, a relationship between interactivity and screen experience, is going to come back. But um, um, it was way ahead of its time. And, and yet it, 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 people are experimenting with it. I know, we'll see. I like to look at stuff that I think is taking when they take risks, when these things take risks. <coughs> right. Yeah. You yeah. were saying my English was bad, but... Yeah, no, I, I like that. I mean, I, I, I was talking to an executive who's working on... Um, we were doing augmented reality before everybody. Yeah, before it was called yeah. augmented reality. We walked to school in the snow before it That's was right. snow. Well, I don't know if we did it before anybody, but we certainly do these things on the early side. And then we follow them if there's, you know, traction. Well, right, and there is a future trending aspect to your brand and, and to your conference, Um when when um when you talk about um, second screen uh, and all of that, 
you know, there's been, I think, a little bit of a disappointment between the role that second screen and syncing to the TV was going to have. Do you think mm-hmm. that's going to evolve in a different way? Because I know there were so many businesses doing that that have now gone away because it just didn't work or hit. Do you think that will um, come back in some form per, per your point? Uh, it's a great question because, you know, I still think people want to be able to control the screen, I think Dave Prizman over a Showtime, you know, and um, other, there are other executives who have been very proactive about the single screen interactive TV experience. Uh, and we haven't really seen people do that a hell of a lot other than manipulating content. I want to watch this. I don't want to watch that. Let's, let's record this. You know, people are used to that. But being able to interact with screen content on the screen that you're watching I think is something that is more intuitive than having that second screen experience, which takes your attention away from your video experience. And the broadcasters and the advertisers weren't happy with that. And that's why that hasn't done so well. However, I would say that what is successful in terms of having a second screen slash single screen experience is the social TV experience we're seeing in live stream, these live streaming platforms where people can actively chat, comment, and interact with um, live content. And you're referring to like a Periscope or a Vine or something yeah. like that, where people. And I think those platforms are going to integrate interactivity at some point. And of course, we're seeing these these live streaming platforms, you know, embrace Apple TV, right? Yeah. So when when and if Apple TV allows interactivity to occur during a show that works with the platform, it's going to be a game changer. And Apple TV is trying to push that agenda. They really promoted the importance of apps at their big announcement a few months ago. They also just put out a big video recently about the importance of apps. And they have this whole new app developer, creative, you know, development uh, layer, right, for that platform. So, you know, and the fact that Apple TV uh, has seen a lot of growth this last quarter, I, I think it's, we might see something. Oh, I love my my Apple TV. All right, we're going to take a quick break, um, and we're going to be back for our last segment with the fabulous Tracy, the TV of Tomorrow executive, with more future talk about the television biz, platforms, technology, trends, and um, maybe I can beat a secret out of her for the upcoming show this summer. All right, we'll be back in a moment with the fabulous Tracy and the Tech Cat. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network the key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology Storytech, a boutique agency empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message engage your customers and raise the bottom line how do you track and exploit the trends how do you stay ahead of industry disruption and how do you maximize profit from content from strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. And we're back with the fabulous Tracy Swedlow. And <laughs> we, um, we're just talking about the differences between sort of the future TV movement in Los Angeles versus uh, New York. And if there's, is there a big difference? Because Tracy does her show in December in New York and then um, again in uh, San Francisco in June. And um, I'm just wondering what, if there's a big difference in the culture and the community and the vibe of the show. Because I, And I ask this to a lot of folks that come on the show because both Los Angeles and New York now are playing such a pivotal role in entertainment content advertising, but different roles. So I'm wondering what your perspective on that is. Well, I mean, the difference between our two shows is that New York is a one-day intensive, and San Francisco, and it's sort of usually in a dark theater with 70-foot wide screens and uh, and that kind of experience. And then San Francisco is a two-day show, and sometimes we will integrate a hackathon or a special... Uh, you know, uh, pre, I think we did a, a story lab uh, last time in San Francisco. We, uh, you know, we have more real estate. We have more room and we have two, two and a half days or maybe more to play with. Plus, the San Francisco show is, you know, has a gigantic picture window of the bay, of the sky, of the windsurfers. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of greenery and trees and very nice weather. So, that's the physical difference between the two shows, but the people, you know, New York attracts a lot of business types, and we get a lot of broadcasters because they're there in the agencies. But uh, and I would say in San Francisco, you get a lot of content, a lot more content people. Uh, but you know, we I think we work very hard to to create the shows according to what's important at that time. Uh, you know, rather than cater to a particular type of audience that might show up and you know strangely enough we've had uh success or you know been it's been easy for us to make sure that the right people are there uh because the topics are important i suppose you know so people fly back and forth to my great amazement they will show up even in the winter in new york city <laughs> so you're seeing West Coast people come to the East Coast for the show and East Coast people come to the West Coast show. So it's not like they're just attending one because there's so much movement in the space just within six months these days, right? We feel, yeah, we, we feel that you need to have an update every six months. So that's what we do. And, and are um, 
are you finding at all though that the vibe in SF is a little more startupy, techy based, whereas in New York it's more media based? Which it's a generalization, but it seems to lean that way. I'm just curious if if you've seen that rise uh, up. I mean, I you know I think in the past San Francisco used to have a lot more developers and tech people, but like I said, now it seems to be growing in the direction of content and the technologies there too. Uh, but what was your question again? <laughs> well, I was just asking if the stereotype of New York being the media um, head head end and San Francisco being the tech head end was the truth was what you were experiencing. You know, I just don't feel that it's uh, it, it, it 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 settles out that way. Yeah, I, I think ideally you could get more agencies perhaps in New York, but it's really again um, you know people are just willing to fly to those two towns because. This is that's where things are happening in LA. I, you know, we should be doing a show in LA. Yeah, I think that would be great. There's so much uh, content tech here as as well, and I would love not to get on a plane as we were talking about earlier. Mm, yeah, <laughs> to come to your show. Um, where are you? Um, what are you doing next? Is the next show an experience you're doing um, in June? And so that th- that's kind of what you're starting to gear up all your um, messaging about. Or is there any other places that you're doing anything coming up? Well, I always have these uh, ideas of things that I would love to do in between our shows, but I'm definitely gearing up for our announcement, which I think will be next week, of our San Francisco show, June 7th and 8th. It's going to be our 10th anniversary. Oh, wow. Uh, So what are you going to do for that? Jump out of a cake or something crazy? I'm taking all ideas. If you have any ideas, let me know. I mean, I have too many ideas. That's my problem. But if you, if anybody has uh, some suggestions, we're open-minded. I, you know, I, I fantasize about doing really interesting entertainment, uh, unusual, something really surprising, uh, a dinner. Uh, I don't know. I'm open-minded. And, and would you say that most, um, if agencies come, if brands come, if, uh, you know, cable operators come, whoever comes, they walk away with, you know, a sort of really large understanding of just what's going on in the ecosystem. Is that correct? Yes. I mean, they, they really get a, a strong sense of what's happening over the whole, you know, the whole multi-platform industry. In fact, I think someone commented in, about the fact that they didn't realize there were so many players perhaps, you know, that had a voice in making all this stuff come to pass. It was somebody who was new to the industry, somebody who was in the VR industry, and she, in her 20s, said, you know, wow, it was really great to see, uh, you know, all these market segments coming to pass. I'm not sure she used that term, market segment, but all these people coming together, and I learned so much. I, I didn't even know that it was... It does take, know, take a yeah. lot of people to, to screw in a future of TV light bulb. <laughs> well, that's the thing, and I, you know, I've been saying from the beginning. I mean, interactive TV uh, or multi-platform TV or TV of tomorrow is something where there are so many participants. Everybody wants to share of that pie. You've got not only the technologies and the design and the content and all the stuff, but you've got the people behind that who enable the delivery, the the IP connections, the the software that manages who gets what slice of what pie. When that content is delivered, right? I mean, it is it is such a, a complicated ecosystem, and to be able to show people how you know how how this group over here thinks and how this person could talk to this you know this designer over here and put people together um, in one setting, and uh, so they understand that it's an entire ecosystem rather than just a platform play. 
uh, I think they'll have a better understanding of strategically what they might want to do next. <clears throat> I love I love that, and that is what, how you le- how you leave the show. Now, um, when you're tweeting or posting, what what is the hashtag that you go under? Well, I post often under my own. Uh, just started that way at T Swedlow, but we also have at TVOT Show. At, at TVOT Show, um, where you're posting things, and then the website URL is what again? We have Interactive TV Today is itvt.com which is Isaac Thomas, Victor Thomas, <laughs> itvt.com. I have to say this 40 million times a day. And thetvoftomorrowshow.com. But if you do a keyword search on TV of Tomorrow, you'll find us everywhere. And then if there are any new tech companies or any broadcasters or content creators who want to participate somehow, they can reach out to you. Yeah, please write me at uh, either tracyswedlow at gmail.com or swedlow at itvt.com. All right, and then one secret for June. Can you give us one one, oh. thing, one thing that you're thinking about? It could be tiny. Just one little special sauce thing that, that you think will be coming up. No, you don't have to get into the detail of it, but one sneak. We are, we are hmm, well, other than all the live streaming stuff I told you about, yeah. the, we're going to have a lot of influencers there. Oh, great, great, great. We're going to have a, a larger group of them, uh, and but we are also watching various emerging new types of television um, that are appearing that are really counterintuitive to what you normally think as a show. Oh, interesting. So a new, a, a new uh, format for what, what content means. Ooh, I like that. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to take you out in SF and, and get you drunk to hear more about it. <laughs> well, it has, oh, been, uh, yeah. it has been a rare treat to get to, to talk to the woman who's always organizing um, all these great panels and conversations. Um, and you are a bundle of insights and um, information. And if you haven't ever attended the TV of Tomorrow show or hit um, itvt.com, please make it part of your, uh, your yearly uh, conference list and daily, if not weekly, um, reading to get the scoop on really the future of content, right? Yeah, we have a, a free email newsletter that um, clicks over to our website, but we, it'll ping you. So if you sign up on itvt.com for that, you'll get the latest on TVOT and ITVT stuff. Well, it's been great having you, Tracy. Thanks for joining us on the Tech Cat Show, and I look forward to uh, talking to all of you next week. And let's have a big Tech Cat Thank you for Tracy Swidlow. Yay! Yay! There it is. <laughs> I didn't even get to ask you a question. What do you think the TV of tomorrow is? But I, I, we hear that we'll all about, the time on your yeah, show. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks Bye, so much for asking. Have a great week. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 